Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. Today in the studio, I have Sean Newfeld. Sean is a freedom seeker, a spiritual embracer, a lover, and a great friend. Well, thanks, Roger. I mean, um, I do want to start by saying how important love is. So I'm really glad you brought that up, right? Like not just a lover of life, but a lover of people and a lover of experience. So how's things been? Amazing. Yeah. So two weeks ago, I ended up meeting somebody, um, a woman in Calgary, and I had a really good connection with them. So you had a connection? Yeah. And it was an incredible connection. Right away. As soon as I saw her. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking. So as soon as I saw her, I, I said, oh, I like you. I like you already. And I was almost shocked that I even said that out loud because I was like, oh, man, what did I just say, right? And then she was like, what? What was that? And then I'm like, well, should I say it again? And I was like, I said, so I said to her, oh, I like you already. And she apparently still didn't hear me, which is kind of funny. So I re- realized, like, why am I feeling those feelings um, with somebody I don't even know and I've never met? And all of a sudden, I want to, like, be with this person. And I've, I, that's a rare thing. Like, I almost never feel that connected to anybody. But right away, I just knew that I want to be connected with her. And so that was about a month and a half ago. And then a few weeks ago... I did want to mention about how impressive being present in the moment can be when making love. Mm -hmm. I think that's a a fundamental topic that doesn't get talked about very much. So, like, you jump from meeting this woman and telling her how much you liked her to making love. Well... Where's all that... What happened in between? Yeah, there's lots in between. But what it comes down to... (laughs) is this idea that the more present I am, the more mindful I am, the more my life is better. Like, my experiences are better. If I'm eating a cake and I'm barely noticing it, I mean, I'll forget that I'm even eating the cake. But if I'm noticing the cake while I'm eating it, it's like way better, right? Way more profound. And so I'm noticing that It's not even really about her. It's not about the other person. It's about the level of presence that is being brought to the situation by both of us. And that includes you and me right now. Mm -hmm. How much presence are we bringing to this moment? Yeah, so what inspired this thought or this, this space of awareness? Well, what happened is I realized that I felt more connected and loved and loving to this individual than I'd ever felt before. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Like, I am more turned on than I've ever felt in my life. Like, I am more um, 
ecstatic and my body's alive and you know really just all your senses the taste the smell the sounds engaging all of it more than I ever had and I used to make love with this idea that I needed to last a long time and so I would sometimes dissociate from my body the sensations of my body or I would dissociate in my own mind of thinking about something else to try and make the lovemaking experience last longer which it would but it took away from the lovemaking experience to the point where even sometimes it was like boredom would set in for mm-hmm. both both her and I in the past mm-hmm. and we would literally just like stop so do, you th- <laughs> so do you think so do you think that space of trying to detach and last longer was out of a pure need to please well I do enjoy pleasing right as yeah. any man probably does but <laughs> that's an assumption <laughs> yeah. yeah that's maybe just me right I don't yeah. know I doubt it though. Um, it was out of my own need to, to want to continue what we were doing, mm-hmm. grasping for something, like desiring something, rather than just letting something happen. Right? I was trying to be in too much control of the situation, where I should have just been more enthralled, more passionate about it. More in the awareness of your the space that you were in. Exactly. And the ecstatic energy that was exactly exchi- being exchanged. Yeah. And noticing, like I said, those senses, like the smelling, the tasting, the like all of it, the feeling, like where are my hands, where are her hands, right? It's like those and and it just it became so ecstatic. I literally my body shut down and I went limp and I just had to like <laughs> I just had to lay there. And, and she was concerned. She's like, what is something I did? You know, she was feeling like, well, what's going on? And I was just like, no, I just got too overwhelmed. Like, not just sensories, but energeticallys. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, energeticallys. <laughs> and I just couldn't even help it. I just, um, that's never happened to me. Where I had to stop because I was too euphoric. Yeah. <laughs> It was crazy. And then after a few, like, we talked for about 10 minutes or whatever. And and then, you know, just naturally after the conversation, it was like, you know, right back into amazing lovemaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you um, attribute this to? What caused this new change or this, yeah. this transformation? So there's two things. This summer, I've been living in my heart more. And that's been a long time process, but it's actually starting to finally happen. And that's part of the whole new shift in awareness and consciousness all over the whole planet, I feel. I feel we really are moving collectively into that more heart space awareness of consciousness. And you can see it in the Me Too movements, in our politics, in our environment. Um, Even the way we're looking at money nowadays is more geared towards compassion. And there's more awareness around things. And I only see that increasing. So part of it is, how do I live in my heart more? And like literally my presence, my perspective on life, being in the heart more. And then second change that's occurred is just being very, very present and trying to figure out what obscuring my presence, like having unfulfilled needs and sensations and judgments expectations fantasies man i have so many fantasies all the time right going off manifesting shit in my head about what i want or what i don't want 
<clears throat> and then it's like, oh, wow, like I just invested all that time into a fantasy. It's not even real. I'm not even being present. I'm not even being authentic. It's, it's not even real. It's all just fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I just spent an hour in that. It's like, what am I doing? Why am I putting so much energy in something that's a fantasy? And then having um, all the different beliefs, societal beliefs too. And then different did thoughts. You, did you say suicidal? No, no. societal. Yeah, okay. and how we're being, you know, conditioned into behaviors that we may not even be aware of. And that's like the difference between unconscious action and conscious action. Mm-hmm. So then, and then I, another thing that obscures my presence are thoughts, past emotions, past conditioning. Yeah, I get that. So what, um, but what was your past conditioning that prevented you from experiencing ecstatic love? I know, hey. First of all, it's profound. Like I, I, I couldn't believe it. It was mind blowing that I was having that experience with that mm-hmm. person just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And why wasn't I having that in the past? Yeah, because now I am more present and I am in my heart more. So I've been experiencing the same thing, mm-hmm. like pretty yeah. much identical. Neat. And I honestly don't even want to ejaculate. Mm-hmm. I just like the energy is so vibrant, so ecstatic. I just want to stay in that energy. Mm-hmm. And it keeps building and building and building yes. until I'm like, I don't know, I, I don't even know if I'm going to like explode, explode. And, leave, yeah. and leave the world. And I, don't, I don't mean ejaculatory explode. I mean uh, like energetically explode. Yes, that's right. And that's, it's amazing. And the, the one commonality you and I have is we both read the same book. Mm. And that was a Kashmir Shaivism book yeah. about opening our heart mm-hmm. and surrendering. Yes. Yeah, and it was all about presence. Absolutely. Oh, I just read another good book, Eckhart Tolle's um, A New Earth or whatever. Roger's stealing my paper. Oh, no. I'm screwed. Um, yeah, and he talks about the pain body Yeah. and how we get... Uh, trapped in our own pain suffering yeah 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 so but that suffer that suffer we can't blame ourselves we can't we can't do anything like that all we can do is move forward and transform um because the the pain body i don't know if i agree that there is a separate body that's called the pain body like he says but i do agree that when our heart is closed and we're not surrendering consciously mm-hmm. and unconsciously will be in a space of suffering mm. you know he talks about something about that energetic explosion like an orgasm that's one thing that i've definitely tried to understand is when i'm being in present moment awareness i want to be present in my body too because mm-hmm. the body already exists in present awareness it's here now no matter what so when i'm in that state of like extreme joy and pleasure I want to try to not ejaculate. How do I do that without dissociating as I did in the past? I, f- I got to feel into that pelvic area and relax it. Mm-hmm. That's like fundamental. And I think that's something that a lot of men should probably, if they're not aware of that, need to be more aware of that. Like how do I connect with my own genitalia, my own energy centers, and recognize how to relax them, even in a state of extreme bliss. Mm-hmm. And that prolongs. Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot to do with stress. 
-hmm. Because when we're in a stressful environment or stressful place, for me anyway, I find that sex is not conscious. Yes. Sex is just to get rid of some stress. Mm -hmm. And in that those moments, like, it's just like plastic sex. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I like to call it unconscious, but yeah. I like yeah the, the superficial. Yeah. Why well, once in a while, maybe superficial is good, right? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not. It uh, never is. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was... Um, in regarding presence is what they talk about in dream yoga mm -hmm. and how the more present you become in your daily life, you can take that into your dreams and you can take that into sleeping. And that's so for me, it's like a marker. How present are you is going to be shown in your dreams and in your sleeping. So what's happening to you? So what's happening to me? Yeah. So I'm, I'm always trying to remember my dreams and be conscious of my dreams and have lucid dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have lucid dreams as much as I used to, sadly. But I've had experiences where I've gone the entire night and I was aware of the entire night and I still got sleep. And this comes back to what are you identifying with? Are you identifying with this monkey mind, the ego that just constantly runs and pretends it knows what's happening? Or are you identifying with that part of you that's the divine beingness that just sits in constant awareness because your heart is constantly beating? If you can put your awareness into your heart that's constantly beating, it's beating throughout the night, you remain aware even at night. And, and to the ego, to the normal thinking process, that's like, what, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Like, I go to bed to, to purposely knock out, become unconscious. But what I'm saying is presence is constantly there. And if you're identifying with this identity of yourself and, you know, this is what you do, blah, 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 the identity of what you believe yourself to be, is this limited form, then yeah, it's going to get knocked out every night. But we are more than that. We have that divine essence within us and that divine essence doesn't need sleep. And so that's like a marker to notice how present you truly are in life is how aware are you in your dreaming and sleeping? Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to, I have to think, I have to experience what you've just said mm -hmm. to see if it's, if it feels real for me. Hmm. It, it, it is interesting because I do know that if we're not sleeping, if we're like, you know, down to two hours of sleep a night and, or whatever it is, you know, so many people complain that they can't sleep. And in that space of not being able to sleep is usually from a fear of our subconscious mm -hmm. i agree a fear of dropping into a, yes. a place where we're not being able to control yeah surrender or there is no surrender exactly yeah yeah we're clinging yeah. we're clinging to an identity that's about to dissociate or fall or yeah. pass out whatever every night dissolve dissolve away oh i'm dying i don't want to die i want to stay alive and I'm afraid. Uh, oh, no. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's a clear indication. And that's part of dream yoga, too, is it's not just about dreaming and sleeping. It's about bringing consciousness into the death process and into the different bardos that are talked about. What's a bardo? Well, just passages within, passages of experience. So even life that we're living now is a bardo, let's say. Mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, the birth process is a bardo. Where does that come from? That's Tibetan. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know what I like, though? I like the idea of unity. Yeah. And it's just seeing it all as, like, divine being presence. And and I'm not interested in, like, segregating which religion and separating which thoughts and beliefs about things. I'm, I'm way more about how can we benefit ourselves and others and how does the whole collective benefit from this wisdom mm-hmm. i mean that's part of why i think we're talking right now right is to try and create some type of benefit both to ourselves like i feel like i'm benefiting mm-hmm. and then maybe if anyone's listening they might benefit I mean, as long as they're listening to their own hearts that's what really matters yeah just following their their divine truth yeah whatever that is so yeah, I do believe in this unity thing, um, but so like, where are we with like? I mean, culture seems to be so against unity in yeah. some aspects right now. Yeah, like politics. Yeah, and not only just politics, even in the spiritual realm. I mean, we have people saying. I remember a couple of months ago, somebody had posted how Caucasian people shouldn't use the term tribe. <laughs> No, what? <laughs> okay, so if that person who said that went into their hearts and lived in there, came from there, yeah. would they still say that? I don't think no, so. I don't think yeah. so either. Uh, that wouldn't even be part of their awareness. I mean, what, what kind of a society do we live in when we separate? I mean, we talk about not separating people by their color, yeah. but yet we can separate them by their history. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm trying to be present in the moment and I live in a society that's trying to pull me out of present through distractions, through media, like I was just doing interactions. Well, just it's so easy to get pulled out of presence. So easy. Right. I I find. Are you in present? Are you present right now? I'm trying to be really present right now. So are you present with a planned agenda? Right now I have only an awareness of what I would like to convey right. an expression. So that's an agenda. Um, I don't know if I have an agenda. No. Well, it might not appear as an agenda, but if you have have a plan and something you you would like to extend out, nice. In hopes that you're helping people, that's an agenda. Okay. I mean, maybe you'll, you think of agenda as a negative connotation, but it's still an agenda. In some sense. That's awesome. So uh, this, to me, sounds like manifestation. Did you know that about three days ago, I created a manifestation list for the week? And every day of the week... I did not know that. I have three things that I want to manifest. Like, somebody's going to give me a flower. Or, I'm going to help someone in need. Or, I'm going to share cake with somebody. Three things every day. And so far, this is on the list. Make a, a talk with you. So did I have an agenda in texting you and saying, hey, let's do this on this day? I did. Mm-hmm. Only because I had a list <laughs> that was about manifestation. So mm-hmm. for the full week, and so far it's been incredible results, which I expected. But The reason so this is working is because presence. Presence helps you manifest life. And create agendas. It does. True, but when we talk about surrender, and you're a big, oh yeah, you're you're a big believer in surrender. Yes. How do how can you create a, a list? Yeah. And 
out of surrender. Did you create the list out of surrender? I did. And I then tried. dropped into surrender yeah. after you created I the definitely list. tried both those, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So what was your list? Well, I'd have... Uh, <laughs> well, there's 21 things on it. Oh, that's quite a few. <clears throat> yeah. So did, have you had a piece of cake with somebody? Yes. Okay. What's the th- what's the what's well, the <laughs> so um, the, what's actually being manifested? I almost don't even care. Like I have no attachment to whether it works or not, even. But what I'm noticing is how if I bring in presence into the moment, and I'll give you an example. Last night I was washing my dishes and I was thinking about how am I going to manifest this cake thing? It's six o'clock. I already had dinner with somebody like uh, Buddy Daniel, and I didn't have a cake there to share with them. I'm like, well, how am I going to share a cake now? And as I'm thinking this, my kid's trying to get my attention. And I was like, I'm trying to think, you know, leave me alone, right? I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. And I'm just really trying to contemplate how I'm going to, you know, the agenda of creating this cake eating experience. And he's like, daddy, daddy. And finally, I'm like, okay, what's going on? I made you a cake. He's like, what? (laughs) And it was like the kinetic sand, you know, the sticky sand. And he made a cake and there was a feather for a flower sticking out. And he's like, yeah, it's a birthday cake. And, and so we sang birthday song. And then we cut the cake up and we pretended to eat it. And then he made it again for himself. And then he cut it up again. And, made it. and we sang the birthday song. And so that all happened literally as I was thinking with present moment awareness, bringing it presence, like that's the power of presence bringing that into awareness, literally as I'm thinking that, he was making a cake and sharing it with me. And I'll tell you what, that cake, sharing that cake, was better than anything that I could have thought of. Yeah. It was outside of what I experienced. Now, this happened last night, right? So, like it's, so that's an example of how presence creates reality. And isn't it beautiful how, how if we surrender how we can receive in ways that we had never even, yeah. fa- we couldn't even fathom. <laughs> Didn't even fathom, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that made it special, right? Yeah. It's special. And it brings brings back to that girl that I was talking about who I just met. So she's actually going to move to Africa in two weeks, and I may never see her again. Mm-hmm. And I, I question, like, why did I have this experience with this person who's going to just leave me, and I may never see her again? Like, why am I so connected to somebody like that? That's too bad that you have to question that. Well, oh. You just can't surrender and let it be and be, an, be a whole flowing experience. And I do, though. Yeah. I do that. And that's part of it is, yeah. You want to surrender? The universe is like, oh, you want to surrender? Oh, here you go, eh? Yeah. yeah. So it's a good life lesson. And, and so being present, it's like when you know, when you know you're going to lose something, you want to be even more present to it. But the truth is, all of our relationships end. They all will. And so don't you want to be present to them? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the question is, do you want to live in constant unawareness, unconscious action? Or do you want to live in conscious action where you're just in bliss and joy and amazing gratitude and having experiences like this cake-sharing situation? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you added bliss and joy yeah because a lot of people don't want to be aware because in their awareness they're experiencing struggle okay so i mean you've done a lot of work yeah to transform your mindset 
and you're yeah. getting into a more and more positive mindset all the time. Yeah. And you're allowing yourself by doing that to experience the benefits of it, which are, you know, a manifestation, like positive manifestation mm -hmm. and conscious lovemaking and all this, mm -hmm. all this divinely orchestrated. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful events. Beautiful is the word. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It is a struggle. And when bad shit happens, as it always does, how am I going to perceive that? Am I going to be unconscious about it? Go to reactions, go to patterns, go to, you know, past ideas about what I should do. And then get welled up with emotions and react from only emotion or only rely on my reasoning. Like, no, that's, <clears throat> that's, um, you're right. It takes a lot of work. There's no doubt about it. And, and it's hard to be conscious. It really can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it hurts. It's vulnerable. It's opening. It's scary. Like, when you're really vulnerable and open and being extremely present, it's a scary thing. Like, mm -hmm. so, yeah. so talk about yourself in that sense. What was, yeah. what was the scary, most vulnerable space you've been in recently? Well, that happens quite often lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think that the collective humanity is moving towards. We're, we're all sort of being guided towards that level. Or is that an illusion because you, you have this beautiful mindset and you're attracting all this stuff in your life. And that's more about what you're seeing now. Yeah. You know, yeah. versus, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it was way different. Sure. So 10 years ago, what you were attracting in your life was, you know, the negative and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But now you're not attracting that anymore. So the illusion is, is that the world is changing. Yeah, yeah. But really your world is changing. Yeah, yeah. The idea that heaven's already here, that we're all Buddha, we're all divine beings of light. Why can't we see it though? Right? Why aren't we acting like Buddhas? What's holding us back from that? That's the question I have. And I ask myself that. Mm -hmm. and, and when I ask myself that, I get answers. And it's like, oh, well, if you really want to change, here's what you do. So are you willing? Are you going to take that action that you know is scary, pushes your comfort zone, gets you out of your head, gets you more into like <laughs> dangerous sort of territory, feels dangerous, right? Yeah. So what do, what do you call that, that act? You call it edging? edging? <laughs> I call it being brave. That's what I call it. But, the, but there's an edge we walk on, right? Yeah. And then we jump off. Yeah. And the, the question is, do you have the courage to do that? Yeah. I yeah. love jumping. Mm. Yeah. You know, I recently went to a tantric event and they talked about the different um, styles of sexual communication, the things that turn us on in mm -hmm. life. And uh, it became very clear that I was a shapeshifter is one of the words for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was shocked almost at how much of a shapeshifter I was. So what was your second and third place? There Let was me, no second and third place. There always is. There, you get, uh, there's five and they still come in order. Because you won't be 100% zero, zero, well, zero, zero. That's it's what it. I was saying, though. <laughs> I was shocked at how much I was. Oh, you know what? Another thing that shocks me is time. <laughs> Can we talk about time in there? <laughs> I got, wait a minute. I want to talk about the shape shift. Oh, okay. A, yeah, a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm a shape shifter, um, followed by energetic, then sensual, mm -hmm. 
and then kink, and then then sexual. Yeah. Uh, sexual is zero. Zero. Wow. Oh yeah, I don't. I huh. I can't just hmm. uh, have sex for no reason just to get off. Oh, see, but a shapeshifter can. That's mm-hmm. what a shapeshifter is. Shapeshifter is any of those a- things can happen. Things, yeah. And that that literally, I could. I was shocked that that's what I was. I was like, it doesn't matter if the person is combing my hair or is we're doing something kinky or exotic or like it doesn't matter <laughs> to me i'm being fulfilled anyway do you think that's a part of your passive nature you're pretty no, passive no 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 i think it's part of being open yeah like if i'm trying to be a divine being of light and being in love then I am going to just be open to whatever experiences of rising mm-hmm. and love it and love whoever I'm around. Yeah. So embrace the ecstasy of joy yeah. as it arises and subsides. And mm-hmm. Through whatever form it takes. Yeah. yeah. I don't need it to come to me in a certain form and then I'll accept it or avert it. I can be like, I love that thing and I love that thing and that thing and that thing and that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's... It, it is beautiful. Um, in that st- state, I could be outside. I was outside sitting in my backyard one day and, you know, seeing the grass and the fence and just the stuff that's always in my backyard and the birds. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like in this ecstatic state of joy yeah. with tears to my eyes because yeah. it's so absolutely amazing and beautiful. Yeah. And I just interviewed a lady yesterday who was in that state for two weeks straight. Oh, my God. I know. Holy crap. <clears throat> so either she was either she was actually in that state, and it, it, it just blows my mind. Yeah, that'd be extreme. Or she misunderstood my reference to the state. But, you know, talking to her, she's, she's up there. Yeah. She's... Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of people are moving to that. I'm noticing I'm tearing up more. Like, I almost never used to tear up. Now it's like every day. No, I'm not joking. Every day I'm tearing up about something. You have some joyful tears. Something's happening where I'm like, just, what the fuck? And it's like tears. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like crazy, right? Like just the beauty or the gratefulness or the amazingness. So do you... How does a person you know, do my, that for two weeks, though? That's ridiculous. My old Roger, Roger 2, would be like, Sean, you're just being fucking soft. You're turning into a girl. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm not being a man, because that's not what a man does. You know, there's ancient warrior tribes, and the strongest warrior was the one who had the most compassion. He was deemed the, the strongest warrior, because it takes strength, and it takes bravery, and it takes... Um, determination to have that kind of level of openness mm-hmm. and care. Yeah. So what does that say, right? If the strongest warrior is the guy who's with the most open heart. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it depends where you are in your journey is what it says to you. Because mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're into jumping off the edge and, and you're struggling in a in a very old school masculine way, mm-hmm. it might appear to your competitive side, and you know what I mean, yeah. or the or the the junkie side who likes to jump, and, yeah, and move into those spaces. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody who loves the challenges. But yeah. if you're already on this side, what does it say? <laughs> it doesn't say anything. Like, it really doesn't. I mean, if, it, if it's going to say anything to me now, it's going to say something to my ego. And as I watched my ego come up when you said that statement, I'm yeah. like, well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. So I can listen to that. And I'm like, it doesn't make me stronger than who I am because I am already already have that divine masculine yeah. quality. Yeah. And here I am exactly. right now. You're already secure in your own divine masculine. Yeah. That you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing I need to protect or yeah, save or change or achieve or yeah. deny that I don't already experience something. Mm-hmm. That was well said. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about time. But you had a question. <laughs> You're thinking of a question? Um, I'm like doing my own questioning here. Do you want yeah. to talk about time? Oh, I do want to talk about time. <laughs> We're just supposed to be flowing, so I'm just listening in between the conversations. I'm trying to recenter myself okay, yeah. so that I can stay in my authentic space. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to move from that space while we're having an interview. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into some planned, oh, I have seven questions to ask Sean yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Let's make this <laughs> the most unoriginal podcast available on Apple or Spotify or Google or wherever. That's right. And people know, people listening know that. Do they? Well, if you're listening with keen ears, yes. You can sense the energy of the conversation. If you're listening with a keen heart. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what's your struggle been lately? Okay, My struggle I, is tra- a tra- woman tra- that I love is moving to Africa and I never see her again. Oh, that's yeah. my struggle. So, <laughs> that's kind of, so, so you're kind of wanting to own her. Mm. or own that experience that you have of her you don't want to you don't want to lose it well it's like having a million dollars you know it's like nice to have a million dollars around you know <laughs> i don't know I, I would sooner have that full conscious uh experience of love well that's what i'm saying that is you know to someone like what do you value right whatever you value i value relationships that's to me relationships are very important and I try to have as many relationships as I can, like not sexual, but like friends and family and people that I can rely on and talk to. And I want to know that they can rely on. So intimate relationships. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. My relationships have become so much more intimate in the last six months since I've been living in my heart more that I can't even believe it. And at the same time, it doesn't even matter. Because I'm coming from a place where I'm already fulfilled in my own self. I don't care if I have relationships. If I was just sitting in my basement alone, I would still feel this divine presence within me. And mm-hmm. I would still see, feel satisfied. And no, I don't need to have a girlfriend or something. Like I don't need to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. I'm not relying on that. But at the same time, to have such a strong connection with somebody and to want that to continue, and it's not going to continue... That can be a little bit of a struggle. It's kind of addictive, isn't it? It's well, it's just so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. No, I did. I did. Uh, I did cocaine once. I had no idea I I had cocaine. <laughs> Some somebody um, was passing around a marijuana joint mm-hmm. at a camp camping trip, and I had a couple hoots off this thing. And honestly, I don't need much for marijuana. I could have a, a just breathe the air around people and I'm high. Yeah. But 
Anyway, I had the most amazing night ever <laughs> at that point in my life. And I was, you know, I talked to a few friends the next day and I said, wow, that was the most amazing weed I've ever had. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, it's because it had cocaine in it. Okay. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. But thanks for telling me, but but I, I'm glad I experienced that because I never had it again. I was like, no way am I doing that again. It was so good mm-hmm. that I know I'd become addicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see it as an addiction. That's an interesting correlation there. Or a topic to bounce it off of. You don't see uh, like well, relationship. Be, oh. Like, oh, sorry. What, what, what do you mean? Oh, I like, see. When you're saying that you had this amazing experience, does that mean you were being present? You were being very, very present in the moment. Super present there in the moment. moment. Okay. Yes. yes. So that's yes. what it did for you. So Absolutely. it wasn't the addiction of the cocaine. It was the addiction of the presence. That's what mm. I'm saying. That's a very good point. Yeah. So it should be okay if I go have some. Well, are we relying on an external circumstance right. to guide our happiness? Or are we deriving our happiness from our own state of being? Perhaps if I went and had some now, I wouldn't even notice a change. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's not to say drugs can't help us, because I think they can, and they do all the time. Like, even food can be a drug. Um, sex is a drug. Like, you name it, there's drugs everywhere. Mm-hmm. But that's... Um, if you're being present and aware, or are you being unconscious? That's the difference to me. Yeah. Right. So in the space I was in, when I was like, I think I was 17. <laughs> yeah. 17, I was pretty unconscious. Mm. And so, yeah, that would have created a conscious space for me. Nice. A break, break in my paradigm. Mm-hmm. Or break a paradigm shift for me. But it also came with a big crash the day after. Mm-hmm. So yeah. did you find that in your conscious lovemaking, that extraordinary space, did you find the crash after? Um, no, not at all. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. Just profound appreciation and joy. And But that's, I mean, I, maybe that's my point is, natural I mean these natural spaces well no my point was addiction because we can want to repeat that space that oh we're for in. sure yeah so, and, and rely <clears throat> on the external to do it for us like rely on a relationship exactly. to fulfill us or, yeah. yeah or you know that that partnership that you had with her that was you felt was creating that and it absolutely was sure it was creating that energy yeah. I mean you and me sitting here have a different energy than me sitting by myself yeah that's just yeah. going to be what it is mm-hmm. And I can't never say that, oh, I can have the same energy without Sean. I agree. Because I can't. I agree. Yeah. And we're all part of a divine presence. Like, we're all, like, you have divinity, I have divinity. And when that divinity is coming together, and if we're being conscious of it, I mean, we're going to experience more divinity. More divinity than what I have alone, is what I'm saying. Like, you're bringing your own portion of divinity. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I could repeat how I feel right now with mm. you, but it would be with a memory of you. Mm. Yeah, sure. I'd be inviting your your energy in the space. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, speaking of that, I did notice that when I go into this conscious lovemaking, that time shifts. Mm-hmm. And we just have absolutely no idea 
no fathom of time at all. Mm-hmm. And it was just shocking. Yeah. When we look at the clock after, it's like, what what just happened? Yeah. It's like we're gone. <laughs> so the idea of how we're existing in a timeless state, like our being, our divine self, is already in a timeless state. And it's manifested here on this planet. And then all of a sudden there's this thing called time that we're wrapped up into. And sometimes those two have trouble um, working it out together. I've noticed. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're in the present moment, um, as much as like 100% in the present moment, yeah, time goes away. Uh, That's what I've experienced time and time again. Uh, I, I really was wanting to say something else about time, about, okay, so when you're in the present moment, what does that even mean? Like, what's the fine present moment awareness, conscious awareness? You want me to define it? Well, I think we both should. Okay. I think that's important. Okay. I'll give it a stab. Yeah. Present moment awareness, for me, is when I have no anxiety mm. and no depression. Mm. And I'm completely aware of every nuance of the space I'm in. Mm. And in that awareness, the thoughts disappear. So I drop into a state of no mind. So which I call present point awareness. Um, so I bring in a few, few things to help me stay there. So right now, I'm speaking from present point awareness because I'm actually not having any thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about what I'm saying before it comes out. Mm-hmm. Which for me, I don't want, really want to go off topic, but that's been challenging. Mm-hmm. It's been really challenging moving into an authentic space where I'm speaking from maybe from divinity or from my source. How else do you, how else can I describe it? You know, there's when we're truly in a point of awareness with everything in, the, in our vicinity, there's an emotional change. Mm. And there's, like in my body, when I move into this, if there was any anxiety or tension, yeah. it drops. Mm-hmm. And that breathing changes, and I really, all of a sudden, it's like my energy starts to reach out and visit the space that I'm in and I can visit my energies visiting you mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah you know visiting all all the pieces of you all you know visiting your messy hairdo you know visiting your your eyes uh, you know visiting the, the sheets on the walls and n- there's no judgment in present point that's right yeah. there's nothing there's no obligation to n- uh, fill a desire there's no obligation mm-hmm. to change anything there's just experiencing it mm-hmm. and when that happens that's where in love making that's when all that energy starts to rise and same with right now I can feel the energy changing in the room just by being in this space mm-hmm. and maybe that could be just me yeah I feel that too absolutely and so you're talking about, I heard two things, the idea of space, like existing in this space and existing in, I, I'm going to throw in time too, because 
the idea of space-time is kind of like where we do exist in currently on this planet. And when we go into that present awareness, for me, it's like that kind of goes away. This idea of space goes away. Now it's about spaciousness. And <clears throat> so it can be described as an expanded feeling, but also contracting at the same time because um, it's existing in a state of balance, I've felt where you're both everything and nothing at the same time. Um, and and like you said about the obligations, there isn't, it's like, there's nothing to even talk about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, we might as well just sit and just <laughs> go for hours in present moment awareness. Um, I really like the Vipassana meditation. Doing that really opened my eyes to what present awareness really can do for a person. Mm -hmm. And wow, I would recommend everybody on the whole planet learn how to do Vipassana meditation. So Vipassana meditation is like... Focusing uh, present awareness, <clears throat> conscious yeah. awareness. And you are in a retreat? Well, yeah, and that's how I learned anyway. Yeah. But I mean, there's lots online, there's books about it. And so what I noticed about Vipassana is it really gets right to the heart of the matter of bringing you into space and time as you are, as it is, and working from that. So it's one thing to try and work towards it, and it's another thing to just go there and then work from it after that. And that's the difference. Is If I can surrender, then I just can go straight to that space, and then I can... Yeah, experience life in a lot different of a way, let's say. I guess the one thing that I left out was that when I'm experiencing the space and you, I'm also experiencing me. Mm. So I have to put that in there because without without me, the, it's a way different space. Mm. Yeah, because as soon as I include experiencing all this, the infinity of the moment, that just brings it up another notch. Mm. And I think I just did bring it up another notch. <laughs> That's funny. So from this space that we're in right now, Sean, or Todd, whoever you want to be today. That's right. Whatever I'm identifying with. Whoever I want, whoever I want you to be today. Well, whoever I want you to be today is your authentic, divine nature. What do you desire? Hmm. Well, I used to desire enlightenment. <clears throat> Growing up with a Buddhist mother, she was constantly talking about it. So I got intrigued, and I wanted to experience that. So I was, for many, many years of my life, desired enlightenment, and I worked towards that goal. And then what happened is I actually, in my own way, experienced it on a few occasions. And I realized that that wasn't enough. It didn't do it for me. It's like the greatest thing you could do. I mean, sure, now I understand ancient texts a lot easier. <laughs> I can relate to uh, that kind of information with ease now. But what it didn't do was fulfill me. It didn't fulfill me almost at all. 
In fact, maybe it did the opposite. Maybe now it's like a recognition of, wow, how far away am I and are the people around me to that level of awareness? So in a way, it kind of brought me back down to reality a lot more, is just to recognize the difference of consciousness. And then I desired happiness, and I desired a healthy, happy family, and I had that, and I had, ha I had happiness, I had the family thing, and even that wasn't enough. I, I was going around and happy all the time, constantly happy, and I'm like, what's wrong? I'm still not fulfilled. I'm still desiring something. What is it? And then, like I said, about six months ago, dropping more into my heart, it's like, that's what I've been desiring. And now the problem <laughs> is I've desired that presence of my heart to guide my life, to be my life, to be who I am and to be what I'm perceiving. And that's the lens through which I want to see reality is through my heart. Um, I've come to the problem being uh, my heart has its own desires now. <laughs> so whatever desires I used to have as an individual are now shifted into the desires of my heart which is more of uh, spontaneous, it's more flowy, it's more uh, up in the air, there's, a lot, like, there's no certainty around it anymore. I'll give you an example. I was trying to figure out what I should do with my life, where I should live, and I was asking my higher self, something I like to do, ask my higher self, okay? So I drop into present moment, go and just close the thoughts, listen. Um, and my higher self was like, just be love. I was like, well, that doesn't help me with where I'm going to live and you know, how I'm going to deal with this situation in my life that's coming up. And so I asked again, and my higher self said, no, just, just be love, just, just love. That was the answer. And so that's a lot of uncertainty. I have to, if I'm going to truly go into my heart, I have to be okay with uncertainty and completely surrender to the flow and to the spontaneity of life. And in that way, my desires have completely changed to being one with the moment, whatever that moment's gonna provide me with. So do I have desire still? Yes, but it's completely different than it used to be. So what you're saying is your desires are now heart-centered and maybe they are inspirational? Yes. So you feel an in, you feel inspired to do something, and that's exactly. how you move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's related in everything I'm doing, like work or wiping my kid's butt when he's you know mad at me or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of scenarios that are you know shitty. <clears throat> that's funny. Yeah. So. I want to talk to you about my experience sanding walls. Mm. So, living from my heart, I had um, answer. Well, which is surrender. Living from surrender, I had a feeling that somebody was going to need some help uh, finishing a job, and lo and behold, Sean <laughs> tells me he is short-handed and he's going to get behind on a job. Oh yeah. So he asked me to come and help him sand some drywall. And I guess he hadn't realized that I had experience sanding drywall, which is kind of funny. 
because uh, they had all this, these expectations that I was going to do a terrible job. Yeah, <laughs> um, which, which kind of brings me to my question. I found it interesting that those expectations were there, mm. that that negative mindset, <laughs> those negative stories transpired with, with without any knowing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, I just wonder if, because I see, I saw a different Sean than what I usually, mm. who I know, because I saw, saw a Sean who was neg- fairly negative at work. Mm. And I was, I was, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh. I enjoyed doing the work that day. Um, and I also enjoyed seeing the, the, the uh, contrast of life outside work, Sean, and then in work, Sean. Mm. So do you think that, let me back up. I know in work, yeah, you get the new guys in that make a mess of the drywall mud Mm -hmm. and suddenly you get so many in, you get, you know, so many new guys coming in and it's always a huge training curve and all of a sudden it's just a natural assumption that everybody coming in is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Even if they say they have experience, mm-hmm. you're like, you know even those guys are going to be pretty yeah. bad. Um, but you don't, well, you don't really know though. What happens if you change your mindset? If you started believing that everybody we attracted was going to be good. Yeah. We're going to attract the best drywall mutters, the best tapers, the best... Uh, hangers, whatever. I don't know what the terms are for people who hang drywall. <laughs> drywall. People, people have different terms for them, oh. <laughs> depending on what they believe about a drywaller. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. So if you changed your mindset at work into a more positive mindset, would that change how you flow during your day at work? Oh, maybe. See, I find it interesting that you're suggesting that I was in a negative state of mind. And because... Absolutely, I get into negative states of mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think everyone does. Um, and the idea of um, my expectations being like, you know, I hope this guy doesn't screw up the, all the work I've put into this job by, you know, over sanding it. Absolutely, that was in there, right? I have that attachment to a finished product that is, mm-hmm. you know, as good as it can be. And so you want to make sure that that happens, or I do. So... I agree that sometimes at work I can be very negative. I can also be very positive mm-hmm. and very happy and uh, excited too. And that's, I'm okay with whatever I'm being like. So what was the question? About presence. <laughs> if, it, if it's about presence, let me think. Okay, so even in the state of presence, sometimes negativities can show up. Thoughts can show up that are maybe not healthy, let's say. And what does present moment awareness do with those thoughts? Well, it's going to do either two things. It's going to (laughs) process it and learn from it, or it's going to slip into unconsciousness. So do you think that a lot of people are different in their work environments? Think that they 
experience a different state of mind at work than they do at home or in, oh, their, in their free space? Yeah. So I think that <clears throat> if you're truly living an authentic present moment um, reality, then you're going to be the same no matter where you are. That doesn't mean you can't shift into different states of mind at will and quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, I need to be the mother now. Oh, now I need to be the, you know, the secretary or whatever. I'm just making stuff up. So, present moment awareness, living in compassion has its place, like acceptance has its place, but that's not the goal, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know you have a lot of knowledge about aliens and different things and different realms. And mm-hmm. Do you think that when we see aliens or experience alien energy or whether it's angels or demons or whatever it is do you think that's a distraction that our subconscious is making to pull us from our presence and our power Uh, I'd ask you (laughs) Um, so yeah there's so many distractions and that includes at the level of energy yeah and it and it really does come down to what you're choosing. What do you really want in life? Do you want to live in this in a super conscious modality of experience and maintain it? Or do you want to like kind of go unconscious at certain times? I mean, we all like how many people come home from work and I'm just oh, I just want to zone out, man. Just watch TV, zone out. Right? Like, I want to become unconscious. I want to drink. I want to smoke drugs. I want to whatever. I want to become unconscious. Actively choosing that. And that's allowed. People can do that. But I'm choosing to not do that. I'm choosing to to develop my awareness even more. And it doesn't matter if God himself or the devil himself, I don't believe in that, but... (laughs) approaches me and be, and starts, you know, like, oh, this is really important. You need to talk about this or something. It's like, uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm choosing my reality. Mm-hmm. I don't like, and I think that's fundamentally what we have as sovereign beings is the freedom of choice. I think that's one of the biggest things humans have. So do you think aliens are real? Oh, I have no doubt aliens are real. And and I understand more of why they might not want to show up here. Like, to them, this is like separation consciousness world. So, you know, sit back, eat some popcorn, and watch the show to them. I mean, they probably study this type of separation consciousness uh, almost for fun, I would assume. And, and they probably have such a an enlightened way of perceiving what's occurring and they know why it's occurring and eventually though aliens will in mass collectively show up I mean not just governments it'll just become a worldwide phenomenon that we all accept mm-hmm. and I think we'll I think we will accept it really easily I don't think there'll be a problem at all yeah when the time comes <laughs> The time is not ready, but when it does come. (laughs) How about like things like archangels and stuff? Oh, like do I believe in angels? Yeah. Well, 
All I have to do is look on planet Earth and see all the different shit on planet Earth and be like, wow, we're all the different humans. Like, wow, that, that human kills humans. Like, that, that's a murderer. And, oh, that guy over there, he's, you know... There's so many diversity. So all I have to do is look at the diversity on this planet and be like, oh, is there more diversity than what I'm seeing with my eyeballs? Absolutely. I, I believe that there's probably so much that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's like the angels probably not even, that's not even on the Richter scale of strange. <laughs> you know, like I'm sure there's things out there that are so weird and strange. We can't even imagine it at all. Hmm. Including conscious awareness while having sex and that energy that comes. That's amazing. That arrives. Amazing. Mm -hmm. We should have just talked about that the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it really does tie together because a lot of people don't believe, including myself. You know, a lot of people are... I can't say myself. I believe in all. I, I'm very open mm. to accepting that something might be real, mm. yeah. that something might exist. Yeah. You know, you could tell me anything, and I'm like, oh, that's your thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with it. You know, yeah. I'm not going to judge you for for telling me that you were talking to a pixie or something mm-hmm. yesterday. I'd be interested to hear what your conversation was. Yeah. When we talk about this this conscious awareness and sex and this space that we can create in surrendering to that it's just about as foreign to people as an alien sure yeah and I have more ways to describe an alien which I've never seen than I do for that blissful experience during conscious divine union yeah with another I couldn't have worded it better that was exactly how I would have worded that yeah yeah I think this has been a pretty good podcast I I think we've touched some really authentic stuff mm. I mean yeah there's a lot more we could talk about I'm sure yeah and I, I would like to talk more about the tantric ideas of presence I think that's something that could be explored a lot more. And maybe in the future you will talk about that more. I have, um, yeah, I actually have some yeah, tantrics nice. coming up. One, nice. out, one out of Australia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one out of BC and one out of Edmonton. Nice. And yeah. I'm going to listen to those. Yeah. They really want to talk about sex. Yeah. Conscious sex. That's right. Uh, magnetism, all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I am so excited. Yeah. Yeah, this month um, I've got some That's awesome, some awesome man. stuff coming. Yeah. yeah, people that are have jumped the edge. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, that's what's happening collectively. I I do perceive that like the change really is happening. This collective shift of awareness into a more heart centered, aware state of being. And where does it go from here? <laughs> Holy shit, eh? Well, the, I it goes to grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we can't stop at heart. We can, we can stop at heart if we want to, <laughs> but but you won't be happy there. Yeah. You'll be sedated. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a point in your life where heart awareness yeah, is sedation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's suffering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. The good just keeps getting better. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. 
and and like right now the pinnacle for me is grace experiencing grace yeah like when i'm in that conscious um awareness with another person but and we move that to self so when i'm in that conscious awareness with self and everything not just everything i can see but everything i can't see mm. and i'm flowing in that with with all the dharma and the karma and the the creative forces and it's, it's mind-boggling to think of all the all the stuff that's that's existing and when we're in full grace we're flowing with all of that and mm-hmm. completely fucking aware of it mm-hmm. and that is absolutely <sighs> next level to say. <laughs> next level <laughs> <laughs> level up ding ding is like a game you leveled up <laughs> yeah, exactly um so yeah it's um there, there's going to be levels above that i'm sure yeah you know yeah. thanks roger sean good talking with you thank you yeah <laughs> thanks for being a good friend being so open this, bringing this to my life like now i get to hear these podcasts that you're making and that's great i love it this podcast is expansion cast thank you for listening